0: Are you ready to live your best life, be stronger, and fall in love with yourself? It's possible, and it's inside you, but you need to unlock the power within. Welcome to Fearlessly Authentic with Jodi Harrison-Bauer. Jodi used to be afraid to take risks. It took some stepping out of her comfort zone to get her there. Along with her guests and their stories, Jodi will help you to live your best life ever. Now, here's your host, Jodi Harrison-Bauer.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Fearlessly Authentic. I'm your host, Jody Harrison-Bauer, and it is such a pleasure to have you join me once again for this show. And if you are new to the show, welcome, welcome. It is a place where you are going to be empowered with information, and you are going to feel inspired to go live a fearlessly authentic life, because I want to educate you, empower you, and inspire you so you can do that. And I'm not the only person who can do that. I have guests on my show every single week, almost every single week, and they have so much information. I've learned so much in the last three years. I can't believe I've been doing this podcast for three years, and they have inspired me to be more fearlessly authentic. So if you are the first-time listener, enjoy this show. It is going to be so much fun, and please remember to rate, review, and subscribe, and you can find me anywhere you on any social podcast um social media platform so I'm at Jody Harrison Bauer everywhere this is also going to be on YouTube at Jody Harrison Bauer and um, enjoy the show so here we go my guest today is the one and only ask Nelly welcome to the show Nelly
0: thanks Jody I love being on your show I think this is what the Second or third time, right? I think it's like the
1: third time. I'm, obs- <laughs> I'm obsessed with you. That's why I'm, I'm just, obsessed with you too. I know. I found you in the middle of. I think we started talking in the middle of quarantine.
0: Yeah, it's been so long. I can't even remember. It has. We just. I just feel like we're like old friends, and maybe even like distant relatives.
1: <laughs> I know. I do feel like you are like maybe a sister or a daughter from another another family or something. But totally. yes, I feel this kinship to you for sure. And it's not just the kinship, it's just, you know, the advice that the reason I found you was just scrolling through TikTok and found you because I thought your advice was so spot on and you were so ballsy in the way you gave advice. And I'm thinking to myself, who is this girl? And, you know, there's so many people giving relationship advice out there, just like there's so many people in my industry of fitness and health and wellness that it's overwhelming. Who do you trust? Who can you listen to? You know, mm-hmm. unfortunately or fortunately, like for me, age should never be a factor, but you know, you most of the people out there talking about fitness that people think are the gurus are the younger people when they don't really mm-hmm. know a lot about it. But mm-hmm. then from the dating perspective and where you're trying to help other people find love, I think you're spot on. I think you're like at that sweet spot of age where you can talk about what's actually going on right now in life versus maybe somebody who has a lot more life experiences.
0: It's interesting. And I appreciate you saying that because I know you have had a lot of life experiences. And when I hear women who are, you know, in a different stage in life and more, you know, they have more life under their belt than me saying that and kind of validating my advice, it makes me feel really good because it, is why I'm doing what I'm doing, right? Um, and you're absolutely right. There are so many people giving advice right now. And I think really what separates me from the rest, not to toot my own horn too much, but the testimonials are there. I always say the proof is in the pudding. So, um, you know, I've helped a lot of people not only, you know, change their dating life and their perspective on dating, but also get engaged, get married, um, which has, you know, also led to some people having children. And, on the flip side, some people, you know, have also said they credit me for leaving abusive relationships and toxic relationships. And so even though what I say doesn't always feel comfortable because it might kind of, you know, slap you in the face a little bit, yeah. sometimes that's what people need to hear. And I think there are a lot of, there's a lot of pandering online right now. What I mean by that is women, especially telling other women what they want to hear. And that feels good, but that's not always, in my opinion, ethically sound because, To be a good coach, a dating coach, a matchmaker, um, and even just someone who's giving advice, you have to think beyond yourself. You have to think beyond, okay, yeah, saying what someone wants me to say so they'll feel good might get me more followers in the interim, but is that actually going to change lives? Is that going to help them get the outcome that they want? And that's where, for me, my moral compass comes into play. And um, I'm happy that I've stuck to that because, again, the testimonials are there to show.
1: Yeah, no, I, I'm so glad that you said that about the pandering. I want to go back to that, but I first want to give you a proper introduction because I haven't done that yet because you got right into it. Afterwards. Yeah, we did. <laughs> so Nellie, or as she is known as on social media, Ask Nellie, that's Ask Nelly. one word is a dating coach and matchmaker based between Miami and Beverly Hills. She has over 900,000 followers on TikTok and Instagram combined and is known for her no BS advice on high value men and women. She has courses and clients around the world and is always creating content for those who are navigating this crazy modern dating world. And Uh, That's the most succinct bio I've ever read. And I like that because you really do get straight to the point. So let's get into your no BS style, which goes into the non pandering. And I can relate to that as well, because as a person who has been in the fitness industry for 33 years, there's so much bullshit out there. And people want to be told, you're doing a great job. It's Mm -hmm. okay. It's all right to eat that during the day. It's okay to not work out. And you from, you know, finding love is so important. Finding your person, you have to put in the work. I mean, that's where somebody like I come in, but, Mm -hmm. and we're going to talk about that, but telling people like, look, guys, this is how it, this is how it is. This is the research, this is the proof, the proof is in the pudding and I'm going to tell you why. So give us a few examples of you know, your no BS style on a high value woman looking for a high value man.
0: Yeah, well, I love the fitness analogy because it is so comparable. Um, and I always see there are so many parallels between the fitness space and the dating space, and really you can apply the dating space to any, you can you can apply any other industry when you're trying to explain it, because the difference is, you know, people say love is something that is intangible. And I agree with that, but when we talk about dating, I talk a lot about the dating marketplace, and that's a little bit where the no BS comes in, kind of like how you might have an employment marketplace or a marketplace where you're applying to get into colleges, right? Where you are competing with other people for the same resource. In this case, it would be if you're a woman, you're straight, you're competing with other women for for a man, right? And I kind of break it down that way in terms of, again, dating marketplace, which basically refers to the pool of singles. And we talk about high value women and high value men, we're talking about the most desirable men and women in that dating pool. And that's why we call them high value. And it's not based on one specific characteristic. It's kind of an amalgamation of characteristics. And it's, it's rooted in what is desirable to the um, object of your desire. So again, taking that example.
1: I'm going to interrupt you. I'm so Mm -hmm. glad you said that because when we talk about, and I've heard you talk about high value men, high high value women, and everybody's values are different, Mm -hmm. right? So how do you get more specific about that?
0: Right. Well, our values are different, but a lot of our desires are primal still. So if we look at, for example, straight women, um, and I have to make that that disclaimer because there are so many different types of couples and relationships in today's society, right? But if we're looking, for example, my bread and butter, straight women, straight men, um, you think about what the opposite sex would be interested in. And studies show, and I've interviewed hundreds of men and hundreds of women today, that the primal needs are still there. So for men, for example, they tend to want women who are nurturing, who are feminine, not just in their energy, but in their appearance. Um, They tend to want women who are uh, somewhat um, agreeable and women who are disciplined. And that discipline translates to multiple areas of your life, right? It translates to your appearance. If If you're a disciplined woman, you're disciplined in all aspects. You're not just disciplined in your work, you're disciplined in being able to go to the gym on a regular basis, right? Maintain a healthy diet, sleep regimens, all of those things. And of course I'm painting a broad stroke, but again, the studies support that these are the types of traits that men who are what I would consider high value, and I'll define that in a minute, want in a woman. Just like women tend to want men, and studies support this too, who are of higher socioeconomic status and prestige. Um, women by nature are hypergamous, which basically means they tend to date up um, in class. And so, you know, when we think about the types of uh, defining factors for high value women and high value men, they have to kind of be in line with that because that's what the market is dictating. Right. If you take a um, man, for example, you ask a woman or you take two men, you say, which of these two men would you rather date? All other aspects are equal. One happens to be making a million dollars a year and one happens to be making $80,000 a year. And again, they look the same, same age, same everything. Find me a woman who's going to pick the $80,000 over the million. I I haven't come across it. And that's what I mean when I say the market dictates these definitions.
1: Do you you think, I went to a matchmaker a long, long time ago, a long time ago, like soon, like maybe four or five years after I got divorced. So a long long time ago. And it was like, I was looking for Patty, Mm-hmm. Sager. Like, that's who I yeah. was looking for at the time, who I know you recently met and I'm so yeah. jealous about. Anyway, um, and I showed her a picture of the person that I was dating at the time. She didn't use the word low value, but just looking at him, and I know we're talking superficially right now, mm-hmm. that she said, um, you know, basically the same thing. Why are yeah. you dating somebody like this? Mm-hmm. What does he do? You know, that it was that sort of, and I'm like, how did you know? How did you know? Which is why I was with her because I knew that that wasn't the person for me for the long run. I might be, you know, the sex might've been really, really good, which is why I was with him at the time, because at that point in my life, that was very important to me, but long time, long-term, that's not what I was looking for. Mm -hmm. So is that fair to say that Is it unfair to broadly say that women want a financially successful uh, man? And why? Why?
0: Because I think they do. Mm
1: -hmm. Why
0: is that so bad to say out loud? So it is painting a broad stroke, certainly, because I don't want to mass categorize every single woman on planet Earth, right? right? Um, But I will say this. For the most part, women are wired to seek out providers and protectors, and studies show that. And- at least in uh, Western culture, because it does kind of vary depending on where in the world you you reside. But in our society here in the West, typically being a provider and a protector are shown in society through income um, and status, right? So of course, it's natural for women to want that. Doesn't mean every woman's going to get that. And that's where some of the challenges in modern dating come up, because right. you, know, you think about the evolution of feminism, women are making more money. We are more financially dependent. A lot of us maybe come from uh broken households where we're taught by our moms or our dads, right? Never depend on a man, be self-sufficient. And so when you carry that through into, you know, when you reach a point where you're really dating for marriage or dating for a serious relationship, a lot of the times, you know, that translates into our inability to be vulnerable. Right. Um, but The flip side is I see a lot of women who they cannot respect men who are not out earning them or meet meeting them financially at that level. And so that creates resentment. But again, it is painting a broad stroke. Um, But I've coached enough people and interviewed enough people to know that that broad stroke is very accurate. And as much as people want to deny it and say they're the exception to the rule, most people end up falling into that bucket, um, from what I've observed now, as far as the no BS approach goes to answer your question, uh, that's just one example. You know, another example like is appearances. I say to women too, you know, you can't neglect your appearance. A lot of women believe, and I've seen this, that men date based on the same criteria that we date or we, we date on, right. They'll think, Oh, men should want to date me because I'm making six figures. Men should want to date me because I went to a great school. Men should want to date me because I'm a homeowner. That might be a cherry on top, but that is not a driver in what makes a man want to pursue a woman, especially a high value man, specifically because he's already earned his money. He has wealth. That's not what he's seeking in a partner. And most of the time, women don't understand that men do not expect women to spend their money on them because women never really do. Right. So it's it's this weird dichotomy. I, I try to explain it to women and they refuse to listen. But it's like, honey, I've spoken to enough men to know that if that was a driving force in what made a man wanna pursue a woman, you wouldn't have extremely successful men dating women who are you know, not that successful. You see it all the time, right? And this is a classic stereotype where it's like the CEO dating the receptionist or the CEO dating uh, the waitress or the hairstylist. And that's no disrespect to women in those industries um, or to the women who aren't in those industries. It's just to prove that men are not dating women for status. They're dating them for different things.
1: It's so true. I mean, yeah. I've seen it all. I've seen it all. I know that th- the four things you mentioned at the beginning, that men are looking for a nurturing woman, Mm -hmm. a feminine woman. And when you Mm -hmm. say feminine, not just in the way she looks, but in the things that she does, the way she carries herself, Mm -hmm. Um, agreeable. That doesn't mean she has to agree with everything he says. Mm -hmm. My husband sometimes reminds me of that. Remember (laughs) two weeks ago you were so sweet and agreeable. I'm like, yeah, catch it while you can. But you know, (laughs) I remind him, he saw that shiny object dancing on the dance floor and that's what he wanted and that's what he got. Um, and, you know, it's and then the last one is discipline, disciplined in the way she lives her life, you mm-hmm. know, disciplined in the way she carries herself and all of those things. And I those might be old fashioned and are and I'm wondering, like, do are you criticized for those those four things sort of being old yes.
0: fashioned? I definitely have received my fair share of criticism and hate on the internet, but it doesn't deter me from my mission because like I said, I have enough testimonials to know that what I'm preaching and talking about is extremely accurate and works. And as someone who coaches a lot of people, you know, it always goes back to the same types of things. Why did you, you know, I'll speak to my male clients. Why'd you choose this woman instead of this woman? Well, I can't put my finger on it, but she's really pretty and she makes me feel like a man okay, boom. So you don't care about dating the lawyer or the woman who's, you know, um, got her own business because she's maybe, and I'm not saying all women who aren't in those industries are incapable of that. But if a woman doesn't know how to make a man feel like a man, he's going to go pick a woman who does. Now, men like independent women. For the most right. part, I, I coached many, they love independent women. The issue I see with independent modern women is a lot of the times they are hardened and they are two in their masculine energy. And they don't know how to make a man feel like a man. In other words, make him feel like a king, right? So that he can treat her like a queen. It's almost like an, a competition between the egos. And men don't want to be in competition with women. They want to be your knight in shining armor. So Ew. it's it takes two. And a lot of women will say to me, this is where the criticism comes in. Well, it should be all on the man. He's not man enough. There is definitely an issue in society where a lot of men have become more feminine um, and less dominant. But that is not entirely men's fault, partly, but not entirely. It's also the fault of, I think, you know, we could put some blame on women a little bit too, where it's like, we need to create a space where men can feel like they're allowed to be men too, right? It takes two to tango. And we're living in an interesting time right now, Jody. of, you know, I always say the road to hell is paved with good intention. In other words, things that we have, I think we need to have, but there is some consequence that comes with it. You know, you think about things like Me Too or the feminist movement where a lot of men are afraid to approach a woman at the bar now because they don't want to be labeled a predator or a harasser. But then you have women who are like, why won't he approach me at the bar? And then we're in this cycle of just, you know, constant, uh, it's a constant dance where we're trying to find our footing.
1: Yeah. You know what? It goes back to like everything. There needs to be a balance. Absolutely. And, I know that when I was in the dating world, I was looking for a man who had, you know, I want to know your thoughts about this too. A high, you know, was in touch with his feelings. What do they call that? High emotional IQ. Mm-hmm. Um. What is that called? Emotional um, intelligence. Yes. Emotional intelligence. So like if he didn't get me or it took like, four or five dates for him to, for me to draw a diagram to my feelings like goodbye. Mm -hmm. Like you clearly have not been in therapy. You clearly have no clue how to function in the world with other women. And, but I've always wanted, you know, say what you want, but I've always wanted to know that the man is the man. Mm -hmm. That's me. I don't want, if there's an intruder, I don't want to be the person who gets out of the bed and fights off the intruder. I want right. it to be my husband. And yeah. I want those things for my daughters also. I want them to man up. And I know a lot of people would probably give me flack about that, but and call again, call it old fashioned, but I do believe that at the end of the day, we do go back to basic morals and foundations for what has worked throughout the years.
0: Mm-hmm. And yes...
1: We've gone through a lot of ups and downs. That doesn't mean that we haven't come far, but that just means that let's let's pull it back to what's really working. And from what you're telling me, what's really working is kind of old school. It goes back to like what I say about fitness. Right. Also, like go ahead, go do your Pilates. Well, Pilates has been wrong mm-hmm. long for around a long around for a long time. But you know, do these crazy friggin' workouts. Do your inter- intermittent fasting. Do all this. Bullshit workout. But you know what really works? Eating healthy and lifting weights. Yeah. And and walking. Like yes. do those Simple three stuff. things. Simple get you're sleeping, right? And then yeah. you will and do it consistently. Mm-hmm. Be disciplined and do it consistently. And guess what? You'll get results. So that yeah. leads me to my next question. Let's get into the whole dating thing. When somebody comes to you. Are they coming to you because they've tried everything? And this reminds me of Love is Blind and we can get into that too. But when they come to you, are they coming because they're just, they're done with the whole dating scene?
0: People come to me for different reasons. Um, certainly a lot of the people I've worked with, it's like they hit a dead end in their dating life. They feel like they've tried everything. Also, let's be real. Dating is exhausting. You know, it's, it, it, it can feel like a full-time job. Yeah. And on, you pile that on top of all the other responsibilities that, you know, people have going on in their day-to-day lives. It's like, oh, do I really want to go out and try to sit at a bar and, you know, hope that someone's going to approach me or approach someone? So it certainly is partly that. But also, I think a lot of people have done some internal work and they're like, I don't actually know what my problem is. So I need to bring in a third party to kind of, you know, help me understand um, what my pain points are. And then, you know, when it comes to matchmaking, it's also for the people who are too busy or they want someone who's of a higher caliber, someone who's a little bit more of a diamond in the rough and they feel like, you know, online dating has not worked for them. They'll come to me for that as well. So different reasons, but it all kind of boils down to the same bottom line, which is dating is difficult. And sometimes people need a little bit of handholding. And I compare it to, you know, if you're uh, looking to get in shape, you can certainly go to the gym and watch YouTube videos and try to figure out a workout plan that is great for you. But some people, they need to bring in a trainer. They need someone who's going to coach them and hold their hand and keep them accountable. So it's okay to ask for help. And that's what I'm here for.
1: And how important is the consistency in doing what you say to do?
0: Well, it depends on the person. I think it's a lot of trial and error with people. Sometimes, you know, I can say to someone all day long, Hey, you need to do X, Y, Z, but they might continue doing that. And then they're going to eventually realize through their own experience that, yeah, I should have listened to Nellie. But absolutely, consistency is a part of it, especially if, you know, dating is a numbers game. If you're looking to find love, find a relationship, you can't throw in the towel after the first bad date. You can't throw in the towel the first time someone ghosts you or even the second or third time. You have to keep at it because that consistency will take you to the promised land.
1: Yeah, I... I remember, again, a long time ago when I was dating, the first five years after I got divorced, I dated like a crazy woman. I just dated for five years. I did not want anything to wow. do with a relationship. I had to figure out me. I was a single mom. I was 42. Mm-hmm. And I was like, who am I? Who do I want to meet? I just needed lots of life experiences. So it opened up a whole door of like who I was and I loved it. I I'm one of those weird people that loved dating. I looked at it as a game.
0: Well, and I love that because, you know, one of the things that I've noticed that actually I see a lot of single moms have, and it's an advantage is there's a fearlessness that comes with how they date because they've already had kids. They've already, you know, potentially been married um, or in a, you know, more serious committed relationship, right. Where you add, factor in children. And it's like, okay, I'm actually ready to find love. I'm not just going to date because I hear my biological clock ticking. I'm not just going to date because I you know, feel the pressures from society or my family to get married. And I think that's an advantage that I see a lot of single moms have. Um, and I think that's something that everyone, no matter what stage of life you're in should have is that, you know, just optimism and fearlessness.
1: So let's go to the women who are in their thirties, Probably mm-hmm. the toughest, most interesting decade to coach, mm-hmm. I would think, or maybe over fifty or fifty-five. But I would think women in their thirties, thirty to forty, forty-two, forty-three, mm-hmm. those those age-bearing, child bearing ages.
0: Right.
1: What 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 kind of advice do you can you give single women in their thirties? What could they do? How What can they work on? We need tips.
0: Yes. Well, you're absolutely spot on. It is extremely complicated dating when you're at that stage, because like I explained before, a lot of women who are, you know, in their thirties or even forties who I have come across, what tends to happen is they've spent, you know, their life, their adult life, I should say, focused on their careers, working on becoming the successful alpha women that they are. And A lot of that path has required an element of masculine energy where it's like, you know, when I say masculine, I just mean goal-orientedness, ambition, ability to see things through, resilient um, kind of qualities. And that type of approach they've since tried to apply to their dating lives and they realize it doesn't work because you can't control, you can't control a man. You can't try to be the leader and then still think that he's going to be this alpha who wants to be around you. Because a lot of the times, even though you can find men who want to be around you, like I said before, women tend to be hypergamous and they want men who they respect, who are, you know, superior to them financially or career-wise or intellectually. Um, And so that's where the challenge comes. And the issue is a lot of those men have a lot of options. And those options tend to also be women who are in their 20s, right? Women who are more malleable in the sense that they haven't been potentially as, you know, tainted by life experiences, or, um, you know, they haven't gone through as many relationships, they're not as hardened, they don't have a chip on their shoulder, they're not in competition with men. So that's where a lot of the difficulty comes in. And I also have to add this in, what I've seen a lot of with women, not all, but there are a lot of women who they pour all their energy into their career and then they neglect their appearance and then they're in the dating marketplace competing with women who doesn't really matter what age, but have prioritized their appearance. And then they seem to have this this process where they think, oh, he should want to date me because I'm making half a million dollars a year or whatever, right? It's like, that's not a driver. Again, that is not a driver because if you are making, I'm just giving arbitrary numbers here, half a million dollars a year and you don't want to date a man who's earning less than you, then you have to understand that the kind of man who's earning as much or more has a lot of options too. And so this is where the confusion comes in. My advice to women who are in that stage of life is a few things. Number one, you need to start putting the kind of energy you've been putting into your career into your dating life. Um you know, love is not just going to find you when you're sitting at home working from your computer or going into the office. You might get lucky, you might have a you know, 90s rom-com moment where you go into a grocery store, lock eyes with a guy who happens to be a lawyer. Or, you know, you find you're Mr. Big. But most of it is going to require in today's society a little bit of grit and grind. So you got to get out there. Number two, you have to put your best foot forward physically. And that is important because men are visual creatures. They tend to rate, rank appearance and studies show this as uh, more important to them than women do. It's important to women too, but not to the same extent. So put your best foot forward and, you know, don't be afraid of wearing red or silk or satin or, you know, dressing a little bit more seductively, you know, in whatever way is comfortable, of course, you know, stick, stay true to your personal style, but it's important to also be feminine looking in whatever capacity that feels authentic to you. Number three, it's important to also get comfortable letting someone else take the lead. I always say feminine energy is not about being submissive or dumbing yourself down or making yourself smaller. It's about letting someone court you and being in your receiving mode, not your resisting mode. An example of that would be if he takes you on a date, let him pick the place, let him pick the table, let him pick up the bill or, you know, pick you up, whatever is comfortable for you. But don't feel like you have to be in competition and fight him because you think that he owe you owe him something if you don't. You absolutely don't owe him anything. And men want to be around women who let them feel like men and be in their masculine energy. And that's one small, you know, those small behavioral changes are ways to do that. I'm not saying change your personality, but those little behaviors are important. And then, you know, the fourth thing I would say to those women is try, and I know it's difficult, but try not to fixate on the biological clock. Try not to feel the pressure of, you know, the people around you, whether it's the friends, the people you see on Instagram, your family who are bugging you and asking, you know, when are you going to get married? When are you going to have kids? Try to tune that out because here's what will happen if you listen to it. And I see this all the time. You don't want to be the type of woman who plunges into the wrong relationship because you're impatient and you feel like, you know, this is the best thing. And then otherwise you end up settling prematurely and then you end up presenting that person or you realize actually there's no chemistry there, there's no life compatibility there, and that ends up being the straw that makes the cam- breaks the camel's back. The person you marry is one of the most difficult decisions you'll ever make, but it should be the one one of the most easy decisions you'll ever make. And if you rush into the wrong relationship, you could very well find yourself in that 45 percent statistic of divorce. And I think that's something people need to keep in mind. You know, don't feel like you can't take your time. There's plenty of technology out there right now. I have a second cousin who, I mean, I know this is an exception to the rule, but I'm going to give it because it's inspiring. She is 51. She was a single mom of three. She'd been divorced. She met a guy on an online dating uh, website of some sort. I can't remember if it was Facebook or Hinge or Tinder. I think it was Tinder. So it was a dating app. And the guy is 10 years younger than her. They got married within two years. She had a baby. She didn't freeze her eggs. Um, She did go through IVF, but you know, it is possible. The technology is there. So my point is don't run it. Don't rush it.
1: I'm so glad you're saying that because I think a lot of 30 somethings get very nervous, think they need to freeze their eggs, freeze their embryos. And instead of focusing on just putting their best selves out there and being open and vulnerable. And I think the point you're making throughout all of this is the vulnerability and I know that's so hard for women who are hitting their 30s, who feel like they need to be the alpha woman for some reason, um, is to let go. And letting go, you know, again, when I met my now husband, I was married for 17 years with my ex-husband for 20, then dated for 17 years. Like wow. dated. I know I did the math the other day because I was gonna talk about that. And I thought, wait is it 30, is it 34 years? Is it 38 years since I first got married? So it was 17 and 17. I got remarried in 2019. And one of the things that I found, one of the reasons I fell in love with my husband is because he is pretty traditional in that he wanted to be the man. He wanted to take care of me um, emotionally, financially, financially he felt like he wanted to. Mm -hmm. And I found that after dating so many assholes that were like, well, you make a good living. Well, you do this. Let's split the bill. Let's Mm -hmm. split it. I'm like, fuck that shit. We're not going to split the bill. I mean, I did split the bill when I was with people who couldn't, but it wasn't my it wasn't what i was looking for i wasn't sure. looking for somebody to always pay the way but it was a form of saying of making me feel secure that he had sure. my back and i liked those traditional values and it was hard to allow myself to be vulnerable because mm-hmm. when you allow yourself to be vulnerable you allow yourself to be hurt
0: right. right that's that's powerful and that's that's true and i think the point that you made is it's not and this is where I, I see a lot of men have a difficulty, a difficult time with dating is, you know, they'll spend money on dates, they'll get rejected. And then they have, they've kind of developed this mentality that women are freeloaders or gold diggers. And I understand it, but I think it's important to also be with someone who can set the tone from day one, that they want to be a protector and a provider. And I don't believe in, you know, I don't tell people what they should want. If a woman wants to be 50, 50 from day one with a man, right. That's her life. She can go for it. I personally believe, though, that when you start off 50 50, a woman typically ends up giving more over time. And so it'll probably end up, you know, 80 20. And I think that's why it's important for men to kind of go a little harder and stronger in the beginning, because then it'll eventually even out, in my opinion. Um, and I also think it's just chivalry, you know, and a lot of people think chivalry is going extinct. But again, it's you have to set the tone as a woman for You know, the standard you set is the life that you'll end up getting. So you have to set the tone in terms of what you're willing to tolerate or not. An example of that is if a man is, you know, splitting the bill with you on date one and you're giving him a second date, you are enabling that behavior. And so you can't complain five months into their relationship that he's not a provider when you know what you signed up for and you just ignored that. And again, if that's something you're okay with, then go for it, but don't complain about it later on.
1: I agree with you, and it you know it dawned on me. I went on. Um, I was supposed to go on vacation with some guy. We're going back 2005, and he said to and and I was paying my own way, and then he springs on me that we're going away with his children also. Now my daughters with were with their dad on vacation. I was going away with this man. And all of a sudden, I just realized, I don't want to go away with you. I don't want to be on a cruise. I don't want to be with you. I don't Hmm. want to be with your kids, your brother. I don't want to do it. So I went away by myself. And I went to Turks and Caicos to one of those um, single things. I don't even remember what it is. And I remember meeting so many. I was one of the oldest. I was, I think, 45 at the time. And... I remember a woman said to me, "Jody, stop being the hunter. Allow yourself to be hunted." Mhm. And that's when I started opening up my heart more and allowing myself to find a hunter or being open to being hunted rather yeah. i'm like no i like being the hunter and i'm like fuck no i don't want to be the hunter anymore i'm tired I'm raising well, two
0: kids it goes back to our basic biology right men right. are wired to be hunters and women are wired to be gatherers doesn't mean there are women in society who are great hunters too but my point is more you know men are competitive they want to be the ones who feel like they've They've worked to earn you. And if you make it too easy for them, sure, they'll sleep with you. But are they going to commit to you? Are they going to put you in the life category? And so I always say to women, whenever they have this kind of feeling of like, I'm empowered, I can go for what I want. If, you know, just because Lily, like, I've heard, you've heard, I'm sure, if you wanted to, he will. There are a lot of feminists who will say, if she wanted to, she would. Right. It takes confidence to be courted, it takes confidence to let someone pursue you. It does. It's scary. And seeing yourself as a prize to be won means, you know, everyone doesn't deserve a trophy. And I always say, you know, because men will say, oh, I want to be the prize. Men are the catch. Women are the prize. So we need to be, I think, shifting our mindset from this, you know, competition and power struggle. Like I want to be equal to I actually am not equal in society or biologically. Therefore, I'm going to let him come to me. I'm going to let, I'm going to wait and see and observe if he is coming correct. And then I'm going to decide, I'm going to choose. And I think that actually, in a sense, should be empowering. That's a message that I, I found resonates with a lot of women and it's empowering. And it's more empowering than feeling like, oh, I'm going to go up to this guy and ask him out. If he, if a man wants to be with you, he's going to make it happen. That's right. Period. End of story. That's and right. if he's not making it happen, it's not because of that. And I know you mentioned love is blind. And I was just watching, I was binging, uh, it was season four this yes, morning. Yes, yes. So good, so, so good. And one of the things I observed is, I already have my predictions, but the couples where the man feels like he settled and the woman feels like she won, usually don't work out. Correct. He needs to feel like he has won and usually she needs to feel like she's kind of settled or at least won too. But you know, he needs to be he, like- the man needs to be in a position where the woman he's with is his number one choice. Right. If it's his number two choice, like that guy, uh, Kwame, right. right. Is that you've seen season right. four Kwame. He wanted to propose to that girl, Micah. Right. She rejected him. So he ended up going for the girl. I can't Amber, remember. I think. Is it Amber? Is it mm. Amber? I don't know. I thought her name I was like remember. Chelsea or something. The other blonde girl, right. Mm-hmm. Super beautiful, both beautiful girls, but he, that was his in a sense constellation prize. And I feel so bad for her watching the show. You know,
1: it's not going to work out.
0: Yeah, I know it's not going to work out, but it's also unfortunate because it just proves that a man needs to feel like you are his number one in order to be with you. If he doesn't feel like you're his number one, you know, then, and you feel like you're the one who's constantly putting in the work, it throws off the dynamic.
1: Okay, so going to Love is Blind, do you feel that looks matter that much and could make or break or do you think somebody can find love that may not be her type like I'm also watching Love Island sorry I know I sound so silly saying that but I'm also watching Love Island and they always talk about how that if that person's their type or what they are on paper I had to figure out on paper is like what they're looking for and I, I think that you know it's for me, and I'm not a professional in this world, you are, is that it's an energy, it's a it partially looks. I'm a visual person, so I know for women, we're not overall visually visual people, but I am. So it's part visual, but I think so much of it is energy, mm-hmm. and so much of it is what your morals are. Because yeah. going back to the man I'm married to right now. He's tall and thin and has long hair. If you asked me what my type was, I would tell you right off: five foot ten, one eighty-five, short mm-hmm. cropped hair. Like, mm-hmm. no way would it be a long, lanky guy yes. who, you know, who's I a little you. who's a little weird because he's a doctor, so he's a little strange. So, you know, all those quirky, weird things. No, I don't go for quirk, tall or, or skinny. But I fell mm-hmm. in love with him, and I appreciate who he is. I always
0: say, so there are a few things, right? I always say, first of all, sometimes what you ordered from the universe shows up in a different package than you expected it to. And you can't can't always anticipate who you're going to fall in love with. You know, you can have as many wish lists as you want, but you can't guarantee or control who you're going to have that chemistry with. I always say the perfect formula for, the most long lasting relationships are ones where there is compatibility and chemistry. You kind of can't have just one. You need both. The Mm -hmm. other thing is um, women are actually very much motivated by appearances. Um, You know, there's a misconception that it's just men who are visual creatures and men are certainly more visual as studies show. Of course, there are exceptions to the rule, but women are extremely visual and they rank appearance um, very highly as well. That being said, Going back to the love is blind thing, and I agree with you on energy, you need to be attracted to the person. Um, of course, you know, some people have their types, the people they typically go for. Again, you might be surprised by who you end up hitting it off with. What I have noticed, though, is in the relationships where there is a connection in the pods, right, with the love is blind before they meet, Um, when they meet in person if there's not a physical attraction there it always falls apart so you do need both and okay. even though you might not be you might not be typically physically attracted to that kind of person so long as you are it can work the example from love is blind would be um what's her name Irena and as his name Zach I don't know I just was watching this morning the girl and the guy who went to Mexico spoiler alert but
1: mm-hmm.
0: they didn't even kiss um and I think she's an idiot. I'm sorry, but um, I didn't get,
1: I didn't get that far,
0: when I heard about it, but that's okay. Well, you know, she wasn't physically attracted to him. Obviously it didn't seem he was as physically attracted to her crumbled. Right. So you need to have that attraction. And of course you can't just predict who you're going to be attracted to. I personally don't have a type. I'm attracted to all different types of people. But you need to have the chemistry, you need to have the compatibility for it to work. Um, in that particular example, the reason I say she's not fault and kind of an idiot is she didn't even kiss the guy. And, you know, science shows that you need to be, for you it to needs really to be a kiss, that, you need to, yeah, the special things happen when your saliva intermingles with their saliva. So, you know, you need to at least see how hecas is you if you you know before you just call it quits um especially when you got a ring on your finger but that's for a whole other conversation but yes appearance right. matters
1: okay all right so but they this it's a, just a very interesting show to see i i really feel like it's the energy but then if the physical attraction isn't there it's probably it's not going to work it will not, not, it um, will
0: not no.
1: right we were talking a while ago and i meant to ask you this what men are looking for in women what are women And we sort of touched upon it, but you gave me four things that men were looking for in women. What are four things women are looking for in men?
0: Four things women are looking for in men. Um, I think, are we talking initially or are we talking like uh, meat and potatoes? Because I
1: would say say meat and potatoes, like overall, like you were saying, men are looking for a nurturing woman, feminine, agreeable, disciplined. Are women looking for the same thing?
0: Yeah, so- my definition of a high value man um is not necessarily what all women are looking for because everyone's i suppose you know in search of someone else there's something special to them but typically socioeconomic status and prestige um in the sense that you know women like men who have a sense of status in their community um number two i would say uh someone who is well groomed um and that's somewhat up for interpretation but you know i don't see too many women who want to voluntarily data slob. Um number 3 someone who is connected and of value in their community. Um and I typically when I'm describing a high value man I'll say verifiable, but you know for the purpose of all women I'll say someone who's connected, right? Someone who is who they say that they are. You need to be someone who has integrity and to prove that, you know, legitimizing that would be having other people in their industry or community verifying them. Um, and fourth, you know, someone who is connected with other high value people, that being said, and that's because it takes more than one to get to where you are. Therefore, it's going to take more than just you to get to the next, um, level. But I would say beyond that, Jody, I said, I think women are looking for men who are decisive and, Um, embrace being in control, are able to make a plan. That's something I see a lot of men are kind of messing up right now is they can't make a simple plan. Um, You know, they're just not rising to the occasion early, early on, or it's like, just tell me where you want to meet. Tell me where you want to go. You know, don't make it this like, oh, let's hang out, make a plan. That's one thing I see a lot of women are craving. And also um, men who are consistent, do what you're going to do and say, you know, don't just, talk the talk, but walk the walk. Talk is cheap. You yeah. know, you can tell me all day long how um, how much you want to talk to me and take me out. But if you're only hearing, if I'm only hearing from you every other week and it's inconsistent, you know, women really get frustrated with those mixed messages. Um, by the so way, that
1: felt- that goes into long-term relationships yes. too. I had somebody on my show a month ago who talked about how to get your wife to have sex with you again. And that's usually a woman who has heard her husband say, sure, I'll take out the garbage. Sure, I'll bring the kids to soccer practice. And she finds herself asking and asking and quote unquote nagging. And it's that it's talk the talk, walk the walk. Don't Mm -hmm. say something you're not going to do. Just don't say it. Yeah. And I think that so that goes back to dating, right?
0: Absolutely. Actions. And that's why I said, you know, there's the interim versus like the meat and potatoes of it. Um, Actions speak louder than words. And. Again, how you start in the early stages of dating sets the tone for the relationship afterward.
1: So for women out there, let's just go a little bit older. I don't mm-hmm. know how many women you work with that are over the age of 50 or 55. Are you finding- Quite a few,
0: actually. <laughs> okay,
1: good, good. Yeah. So for the women who are older, who might be empty nesters, what kind of advice can you give them in-, in- finding love again. Do they think it's too late? Do they think it's over?
0: Do they think they have to be alone? Right. Well, I talk a lot about the power of manifestation, Mm -hmm. but where a lot of people, I think, confuse manifestation is they'll say, well, so what? I just need to close my eyes and hope and wish and wait, dream. No, manifestation is simply being able to see your desires um, realized in real life. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But the beginning of manifestation is believing that you are worthy of receiving what you want. And so changing that inner dialogue, I think, especially with women who are, you know, in a more mature stage in life is really important. You know, if you say to yourself, I'm never going to find the one, no one is out there for me. All men are horrible. You know, it's over. Like, I'm just going to be single for the rest of my life. The universe hears that and it says, okay, your wish is my command. And it continues delivering that outcome to you. So it's really important to shift your inner dialogue and cut out the self-negating language Um, at any age, but especially I see it with women at that stage in life. The second thing is once you believe that you're worthy and you really convince yourself, literally brainwash yourself by saying these affirmations, whatever you need to do, there are a lot of different techniques. There's three, six, nine method. There's, um, sperm method, you know, so many different manifestation techniques. But once you've brainwashed yourself that it is possible, you are worthy of it, and it is coming to you. I would say the law of assumption, which is assuming that what you want is already yours. already there. It's there. Yeah. Then talking. you also have to do the work, which is understand why you feel the way you feel. Is it that you're insecure? If you are physically insecure or mentally or emotionally insecure, you got to get to work, whether that's through trauma, you know, therapy, or even... Maybe it is getting to the gym. Maybe it's getting a personal trainer. Maybe it's getting, I mean, people hate that I'm saying this, but if you feel like you need to get some enhancements, like do it, you know, do what you need to do to feel good in your skin. If that is what you feel is holding you back. And then once you start to do the work and you've kind of already accepted that it's on its way and you've released that step into a state of abundance where you're like, everything I want is coming. I don't need to stress, I don't need to fret. And that's when you're gonna start to see those results. You need to not only believe that you are worthy of it, but you need to do the work and then you need to let it go and be patient. You do need
1: to do the work. You do need to feel good in your body. You know, from 33 years of training women, they come to me for all different types of things. And at the end of the day is that they wanna be happier. They wanna be smiling more. They just wanna feel more fulfilled. And it starts with the way they feel in their body. Yeah. And this is not to be hyper-focused on what shape you are. This doesn't mean that you need to lose weight or gain weight or do anything severe to yourself. That just means that you, you have to feel really good in your body because if you don't feel really good in your body, then you're not going to present yourself with that yeah. confidence to the world.
0: There's a quote and it's, I, I love it. It's the better you feel, the faster you heal. And, you know, a lot of what I've observed with the women I've worked with in particular, Jody, is either there's uh, unhealed trauma emotionally or there's physical insecurities. Usually those tend to be the two big things I see holding women back. I'm not saying every woman, but a lot of that comes down to those two things. And, you know, it's, and I think it's actually uh, disrespectful to any woman. When you say you don't have to change a damn thing and you can get the kind of results you've never gotten. Cause that's simply not true a lot. And I hear that all the time, right? Yeah. You're yeah. perfect. You don't need to change anything. Men need to change for you. Not necessarily. Maybe you do need to change some things yeah. if you want the you know results that you want. And if you don't, then you need to accept that maybe the types of people you're currently attracting, if you don't want to change are good enough.
1: Yeah. Right? What, are you, looking, what are you looking for? How are you going to get it? How Correct. are you going to get there?
0: You're yes. not gonna win
1: a race if you don't practice how to run. Correct. You are not going to find the person you're looking for if you don't know how to date.
0: Absolutely. So, and this is where the harsh, ugly truths come in, where it's like, hey, that's maybe, why I love you. Yeah, that's why I, mean, I love you. People don't like it, Jody. But it's like, hey, maybe those 50 pounds are holding you back. Maybe they're making you feel insecure. Or maybe, you know, your daddy issues, you actually do need to go to therapy for. Right. Maybe,
1: um, or maybe there to- is a medical issue. Right. So, whatever, yeah. whatever yeah. it is that's stopping you from getting to where you are happy, Correct. let's take care of it. Let's yeah. do the work first, no matter what it is yes. physically, emotionally, take care of it. All right. right. Unfortunately, we only have two minutes left. Yeah. I knew this was going to go by so fast. Okay. <laughs> so I have to answer these questions really fast. I have two questions. Best, the best way for men and women to, date? Is there like a dating yes. site that you think is the best? Okay. Well, I,
0: I think the best way is to diversify. Um, okay. You know, dating is almost like having a stock portfolio diversification, meaning love it. be on the dating apps, go out to the bars, um, you know, do activities, do hobbies, you know, think about where the type of person you would want to be or the type of person you'd want to be with is and then go there. So if they're a skier, if you want to be someone who's athletic, why aren't you at the mountain? sitting down at the ski chalet, looking cute, or doing the runs, right? Just an example, but diversification.
1: Yeah, love that. Okay, and um, we talked about, you know, with everything we've talked about, at the end of the day, we want that woman or man to be their most truthful, their most fearlessly authentic self. So how can somebody date and be fearlessly
0: authentic? Quick simple answer is try to tune out the noise. Don't date because your family wants you to date this kind of person or your friends want you to date this kind of person. Date the person you genuinely in your heart of hearts want and be radically authentic in your dating journey. Meaning if someone is not meeting your standards or coming correct, don't feel like you have to be with that person because you can't do better. Hold yourself to a higher standard. And that is being fearlessly authentic is being like, you know what? I would rather be single than be with someone who doesn't care about me. I'd rather be single than be with someone who's not meeting my needs. That fearlessness is going to take you again to the promised land. Adore
1: you. Love you. How can everybody get in touch with you?
0: I love you too. Um, My website is ask-nelly.co. I have my courses there. And follow me on social media at ask.nelly.
1: Wonderful. Thanks, Nellie, so much for being on the show. And until next week, go live your most fearlessly authentic life. Bye, everybody.
0: Thank you for tuning in this week to Fearlessly Authentic. Please listen again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition with your host, Jody Harrison Bauer, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and unlock the keys to a more powerful you.